come to our service this morning to remember our Lord Jesus. Remember the Lord, remember the Lord God who has done so much for us. Let us come here, let us leave the world behind and let us come and celebrate and have confidence in the Lord God for what he has done for us. Let us reaffirm that we have a great God who loves us so very much and who wants a relationship with each and every one of us. And let our minds and our bodies be at rest. I've chosen two songs to start with from Praise the Lord. The first one Number 36 from Praise the Lord. Great is your faithfulness, O God, my Father. You have fulfilled all your promises to me. And let us that, that, that be our thought today, that God has fulfilled all his promises to us. And then the second one straight afterwards. I rest in God alone. And this is really where I want us to sort of say, well, okay, let's just leave the world behind and let us rest in our Heavenly Father. And let our mind and our body be at peace. Let us pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, you are our great God. You are our Heavenly Father. And we thank you so much that you love us so much that you brought us together. And you love us so much that you gave your Son for us. And that's why we're here, to remember your great love to us. The fact that you want a relationship with us, and we thank you so much for that. And Lord, we're here as well, just to rest. To rest in your presence, to still our minds and our bodies. To refresh once again in your spirit. And so, Lord, whatever we do today, let it be to your honour and to your glory. Lord, be with those children in crash this morning. Lord, we are so well blessed with children. We thank you, Lord, for your love. Be with Pete as well as he comes to talk to us. Let his words be yours, and let him encourage us, Lord, as we go from this place. And so, Lord, we put this meeting to your care, mindful that we need to rest and have confidence in you. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we ask this prayer. Amen. Charles. Ah, oh, it's there. Uh, Charles is going to come forward and give us the announcements and also um, the welfare news and the welfare prayer. Thank you. First of all, think about uh, Jack and Mary. Mary's had a, a, a busy week this week. Um, she's had a biopsy done at Christie's and it's, and it's gone well. Um, there's going to be a two-week wait um, for the results of the, that biopsy. So I get, she's back at Trafford General, is she now, Jack? Okay. So we need to think about the Jack and Mary and remember them in, our, in our actions and prayers.
It's also been a busy week at St. Mary's. <laughs> um, I'll try and get the order right. First of all, um, Sophie was born to Mike and Lucy, and then Hermione was born to Hannah and Ollie. And so some lovely news for, for both those two families. And we need to think of them both as those um, two beautiful young girls grow and develop over the, the next few weeks. Um, we think of John Blani and, and the whole Ecclesia in Kinshasa. We think of Gladys, who it's lovely to see, and Marion, who it's lovely to see this morning, and, and Pauline. And we think of Alan McGaw and his dad, as, as Alan struggles with the, the um, day-to-day care of his father. If there's anything that we can do practically to help Alan, perhaps make meals for him, just to, to ease the burden on, on him, that would be great. And the Crowders are hoping to, to move, um, but uh, things obviously are difficult at the moment in terms of, of moving house, so uh, we, we think of them and their plans. We think of Paul Downer and his family, who we remembered over the last couple of weeks. Um, and this, this month our prayer focus is witness in the workplace, so we, we think about all of us in our, in our daily lives and the, the jobs that we do, that we can witness to our faith through our work. There's a few things to be thankful for. Emily Tasker is on the men. She's feeling a lot better and she's back at school. And Richard's sister, Mary Gaston, has um, found a job, so that's great. I have a card here which is from Hannah and Ollie, and they'd like me to read out. So I'll put it on the, on the back afterwards. It says, To our dearest family, all three of us would just like to say a massive thank you to everyone for all of the support, love and prayers that have been given during the last nine months. It's meant so much to us to have such a strong feeling of love around us. Thank you so much. We love you all more than we can express. All our love, the cordials. So I'll put that up. That's lovely. Do you have anything they'd like to, to bring up? Um, yeah, could we uh, pray for um, Anna's close friend, uh, Claire, whose um, mum died last week? Yeah. And um, we Okay, if you just um, remain seated and bow your heads, we'll pray together. Father God, Lord, so many announcements that we, that we think about in this time on a Sunday morning. So many details have been arranged, so many activities that have been sorted out. Lord, it's good to stop and to rest in your presence and to think about what it's all for, Father, that you may work in us and bring glory to your name and to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So bless all that we do, Father. Infuse us and give us your energy. And we pray that it will bear fruit and help us to work with a spirit which is in keeping with, with you, that brings you glory. And Father, so many people who you think about who have various joys and various difficulties. Lord, thank you so much for the safe delivery of Sophie and Hermione. Thank you for the blessing of those children. And be with Mike and Lucy and Hannah and Ollie as they care for their children. And, and bless those families, we pray, Father. Lord, we, we thank you that Mary's biopsy went smoothly. It's, it's bound to be an anxious time over the next couple of weeks. We pray you'll be with Jack and Mary and the whole family. Comfort them, Father, and give them strength. And we pray that you'll be with Mary especially at this time. Lord, we think of all those names of the people who we know have difficulties. John Bonani, Gladys, Marion, Pauline, Alan and his dad, the Crowthers as they think about their move. All these people, Lord, who need your, your care, need to know that your hand is with them. 
And Father, if we can be, if we can be the physical sign of your hand with those people, Lord, help us to do that. Help us not to wait for someone else to do it. Father, we pray for Anna's friend, Claire, whose mum died about a week ago. Be with her, Lord, and as she goes through this difficult time. And help Anna to comfort her and to bring your love to her. We think of Jean Lear, who's got a very, she's got a terrible illness, Father. And we think of Abby, her daughter, as she cares for her. Be with her, we pray. We think of Alex's patient, who's so young, yet is having such major surgery. Be with we're with them, we that family, we pray. And Easter's sister, Lord, whose son died suddenly this week. We pray that we're with, you'll be with her and her family so far away, that you'll comfort them. And we think of you and my friend Amanda and her family. Lord, it's very difficult sometimes to understand mental illness. And it can be a very frightening thing. I pray that you'll be with them and, and bless them and, and give them strength. Lord, be with us each as individuals, in our own circumstances, in our lives, that whatever we do in our, in our weeks, we can give you glory. And help us always to think of the other person, to think of those who, who need care and need love, and help us to respond with your actions. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Charles. I spoke to uh, Pete, middle of the week, and he's asked that we take a reading from Hebrews chapter 10 as a sort of a lead into what he's going to say. So I'll ask Becky to come forward and read that to us, please. Hebrews chapter 10. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. But those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. First, he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them to be made. Then he said, Here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. 
and where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since, we've been, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and to good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days, after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly, expo publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith, and if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Thank you, Becky. Before Pete comes and talks to us and gives us words of encouragement, I'd like to um, sing from Praise the Lord 112. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness, O Lord. Great is thy faithfulness. My great pleasure to invite Pete to come and give us words of encouragement. Thanks, Simon. Good morning, everyone. How confident a person are you? Are you one of those people that can turn your hand to anything, and anything you do turns to gold? You know, you can do anything that you want to. Or are you on the other extreme, where you're a little bit afraid to try anything in case it goes wrong? You're very aware that of your of your failings, your weaknesses, and Perhaps you can't do everything you'd like to do. I guess there are two extremes, and I kind of fit somewhere in the middle. Some things I feel confident about, some things I don't. Give me 30 16-year-olds and teach them trigonometry, I can do that. I feel fairly confident with that. I've been doing it for a few years, and it's okay. 
last few years I've taken up running and as a, as a sort of hobby sport type thing. I'm starting to get confident in my ability. Uh, a couple of weeks ago I completed my second London Marathon and I felt really confident at the start, having done it once before, that I should be able to do it again. It didn't quite turn out the same, but I got round it and it was all right. But if you ask me to pick up the guitar and play a tune for you, no way. That's completely out of my comfort zone and that only happens at home very rarely. Or if you ask me to perform root canal treatment, as I had to have a few weeks ago, you really wouldn't want me to do that because honestly I have no idea how to start it. But yet this lady that performed the root canal treatment on me seemed to know exactly what she was doing. And I was made calmer by her confidence. Thankfully, as the drill came towards my face, she wasn't shaking. And she didn't have to have a manual by the side of her sort of to say what to do. She knew what to do. And I think the more confident we are, the better it is for those around us. If we appear more confident in things that we're doing, it can help those that are with us. How confident are you of God's love? <coughs> How confident are you that God wants you, that God has called you, that you are in God's family. That's what we're going to think about this morning. So come, if you will, to the 105th Psalm, which is a great place to start. So, Psalm 105. Sun is shining through the uh, skylights and they're beautiful, strengthening, confident, developing words. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seek his face always. What better focusing words do we need this morning? Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. It does us good, doesn't it, to remember what God has done for us sometimes. Verse 5, remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. God has blessed us, each and every one of us. And it's so good to reflect sometimes on those blessings. She asked me not to say this, but I have a beautiful wife, a, a loving you know, wife that strengthens me in everything I do. Going back a few weeks to the marathon, I, I work hard, I'm out of the house long hours, and then Saturday morning for four months, I had to get up and go out running again and leaving the boys in her care. But she was with me every step, supporting me. She came down to, the, to London and battled among the thousands of peoples to get to certain places to, to be with me. She looks after my children daily. I couldn't live without her. I thank God for her. My two boys, which I pray are being good in the crash, you know, behind us. But they are a wonderful blessing. Four and two-year-old. And they bring us such joy. Yesterday I went up to Landudno with my dad and I was running along the prom with Finn and he was just giggling his head off. He was just so happy. And everybody that walked past was sort of looking at him and, and smiling because of the way he was. I thank God for that. He's, he's beautiful. My job, I enjoy. Every morning I get up and I'm happy to go to work. 
I have enough money that I'm able to put food on the table. I'm able to pay the mortgage every month. I thank God for that. I have so much to thank God for in my life. And it does us good, doesn't it? Just sit back every so often and just think, yeah, I do have things to thank God for. Quite often we are forced to concentrate on what is lacking in our lives, the things that we don't have. And of course there's time for that, to think of the things that perhaps we want or dare we say need. I know my prayer life reflects that side of my life rather than the blessing side of my life. It's very easy, isn't it, to pray for the things that you need, not to thank God for what we have. I have to force myself consciously to do that. Let's carry on with this wonders theme. Come back to the 40th Psalm, if you will, which helps us to remember about how much God has done for us. Psalm 40 and verse um, 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you've planned for us, no one can recount to you. Were I to speak and tell of them, there would be too many to declare. It's great words, isn't it? Great strengthening, confidence-developing words. There just isn't time to carry on talking about all the blessings that you've given me, God. You are that good to me. Verse 4, though. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Where does our confidence come from? Where is your trust? Who is it that you rely on? When the going gets tough, when things are troublesome for you, where do you turn? Do you turn inward and try and rely on that inner strength and I can get through this, I'm strong enough to do it? Or do you turn to somebody else and ask them to try and help you through it? I'm struggling with this, I can't cope with this. Can you help me? Or do you totally rely on God? And say, please God, help me, I can't do this anymore. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. Verse 11. Do not withhold your mercy from me, O Lord. May your love and your truth always protect me. For troubles without number surround me. My sins have overtaken me and I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head. And my heart fails within me. I'm sure we've had this feeling. I've had it at certain points in my life. My heart failing within me. It just can't go on. Everything is too much. I can't cope. I don't know what to do. But we do know what to do, really, don't we? We get these points where we, we just can't seem to know where to go until we remembered the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. Come to me, all you who are weary and I will give you rest. We do have somebody to help us carry our burden. We have the Lord Jesus, and he has promised to do it for us. He has promised to help us to carry it. So where is your trust? Where, where is your confidence? Who is your confidence in? In Matthew 6, we're given words of encouragement. We're told where to put our confidence, where to put our trust. Matthew 6 and verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, 
But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Treasure is something we seek, isn't it? Treasure is something we all want, we all desire. That's the idea here. And Jesus is telling us, don't worry about this life. Don't worry about saving up and making as much money as you can because it ain't going to get you very far. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where is our treasure? Where is our confidence? Where is our trust? Is it in ourselves? Is it in the world? Are we seeking worldly wealth? Or is it in godly wealth? Is that where our treasure is? I'm sure we know which is more profitable to us. Life can get complicated, can't it? I'm trying to you know, come across as this confident person, but I have weak times as well. Life can get complicated and it can be very hard to find God at times. It, it can appear to be a very distant God, a God that isn't there. Where, where are you, God? Help me, I need you right now. But it doesn't appear to be there. But at these times, I guess, I guess it does us good to remember that God is unmovable. God is unchanging. So if God is distant, if God is far away, it's not him that's moved. Perhaps we need to refocus. Perhaps we need to realign ourselves and, and work out where we're going and where we've been, possibly. Last weekend, I was blessed with this opportunity. We've recently rejoined Handsworth Meeting in Birmingham, and we had a fellowship weekend. The majority of the church went away for the weekend to the Peak District, and we just had this time away from everything. We couldn't get mobile phone signals. We didn't have TV. It was beautiful. It was an absolutely brilliant weekend to spend with people of, you know, that we got on with and to get to know other people. And we had talks that helped us to refocus and gave us that time to just sit back. And we didn't have to do the supermarket shopping on Saturday. We didn't have to entertain the boys all day. We didn't have to do anything but be with God. And that type of opportunity is invaluable, isn't it? Just to step back and just say, okay, God, I want to refind you. I asked for Hebrews 10 to be read which is where we're going to spend the rest of our thoughts this morning. If ever there's a chapter that develops confidence or a chapter that you need to refocus you and to work out where it is that you're going, this is it, Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10 and verse 8. Sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them although the law required them to be made. Yes, it was part of the law. Yes, it, God did instruct them, but they kind of missed the point. They didn't understand what it was. It was all about. Verse 9, Then Jesus said, Here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second, and by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ. Once for all. We have been made holy. We have been made different, special, separate because of what Jesus has done. Verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, 
which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool, because by one sacrifice he is made perfect forever those who have been made holy. If ever we need words to reassure us, to put our confidence in, that God loves us, that God wants us, here they are. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who have been made holy. Perhaps it's talking of a process, perhaps it's not, you don't suddenly wake up one morning and you are there, you are the person that you want to be. You are being made holy over time. But the promise is there. By one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who have been made holy. The outcome is awesome. We're going to be made perfect forever. If ever there's a cause for confidence, this is it. Then verse 19. Therefore, friends, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... Hang on. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Just come back to chapter 9 of Hebrews. Chapter 9 and verse 6. When everything had been arranged like this, the priest entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry, but only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The high priest was only allowed in there once a year. But verse 19 of chapter 10, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is so special. is so awesome in what it represents that we can now have confidence to be that most high priest to enter the most holy place. And so since we have this confidence, verse 20, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. I don't know what burden you're bringing to the table this morning. I don't know how heavy you feel or how light you feel. But what I do know is that we can approach it with confidence. With a sincere heart in full assurance of faith because we have been cleansed from our sins. Verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So, if we are confident, those around us can be confident too. You never know what one word may change, or one expression, or one thing that you do. The more confident you are, the more confident other people may be. A warning in verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. 
so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. If he shrinks back, I, I will not be pleased with him. But we're not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. That's what we are. We are those that believe and are saved. So even when times are tough, even when the going gets tough and God seems so distant, let's be of those who believe and are saved because we know that the rewards far outweigh the costs. It's not always going to be easy, we know that. And we're called here to persevere, to keep on going, to keep trying, never give up. And I admit it's difficult to feel confident all the time. To feel confident, you have to completely believe, completely trust in that thing that you're having confidence in. But is there anything better to have trust in than God? To believe in him in all, with all that we are? And of course, we've been given help in developing confidence, haven't we? We've been given an example in how to be, in how to develop our confidence. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Shed your burden. Leave it here. Truly, leave it here. Jesus wants it. Leave it with him today. Verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. When you fix your eyes on something, when you stare at something, whatever comes into your field of vision cannot possibly take away your focus. You are fixed on that thing. So if we are fixed on Jesus, no matter what comes into our field of vision, no matter what comes and tries to hit us, won't move us because we're fixed on Jesus. Verse 3, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So let's confidently approach the next week, confident in the knowledge that Jesus died so that we may live. Thank you, Pete. Jesus died so that we can live. And that's what we now here to remember. The bread and the wine. Let us come with confidence. Not fearful of the sins that we've committed. Let those go. Let us ask, let us ask God for forgiveness. And let them go. Because God wants a relationship with us. He doesn't want us to be fearful of him. Let us come to this table in confidence. Here, O oh my Lord, I see thee face to face. Here would I touch and handle things unseen. Here grasp with firmer hand the eternal grace. And all my weariness upon thee lean. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said, 
I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. But I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this, divide it among you, for I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, he gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Very simple meal. A meal of fellowship the Lord Jesus put in place with his disciples and with all of us. And so we will take bread and share it and we will take wine and share that in remembrance of the Lord Jesus. Dave Church will give thanks for the bread. And so, Father God, it's with confidence we come before you to thank you. There's so much to be thankful for. And Father God, we, I would like to thank you now for the words that we've heard this morning from Pete. The words to encourage us. The words to push us forward, not to shy away. And Father God, as Pete was speaking this morning, um, I was thinking also about David before he was king, when he was a young man, when he had the confidence to go before a giant. And I was thinking about Peter, when he had the confidence to get out of the boat and to walk to his saviour, Jesus, on water. Father God, Lord Jesus, the reason for our confidence is because we can fix our eyes on you. Because we can look to you, our saviour, Jesus. Knowing all that you've done for us, and in full assurance of all that you and our Father God promised to do for us. And we think about the words of an old hymn that say, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Lord Jesus, we look to you now with confidence. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And we share this bread in celebration of your love for us, for your loving arms that you wrap around us, and for the way that you present us to our Father God, blameless, guilt-free, washed with pure water. Lord Jesus, thank you. Father God, thank you for your love. In Jesus we pray. Amen.
I've asked Jack to come forward to give thanks to the wine, please. Our dear, loving Heavenly Father, we rest before you now, confident in your love. Dear Father, we come to take a drop of wine. This reminder to us of the poured out blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we take, as we take this wine, Father, we take far more than that. We take his life into ourselves. The love, the compassion, the gentleness, the wonder, Father. And as we take the Lord Jesus into us, we pray that we might show something of that love to those that we meet this week. We might share his compassion, his gentleness, his love, the hope of his coming. Father, in this difficult, doubting world, it would be difficult, very hard for us to face life without believing in you. And yet so many will be doing that even as we pray to you now. So, Father, help us to show as well as to tell the things that we believe. And we pray now that you would be with us as we share this cup of wine, this communion cup, in the name of Jesus. Amen. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of our sheep, equip you with every good for doing his will. And may he, may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. That's how Paul finished his letter to the Hebrews. And so, as we leave this place, let us leave in confidence, knowing that God will equip us to do what is good and pleasing to him. Let us leave in confidence that our sins are forgiven. Let us leave in confidence that God wants a relationship with each and every one of us. Neil will close in prayer after we've sung our final song. Lord of all hopefulness, Lord of all joy, whose trust ever childlike no cares could destroy, be there at our waking and give us, we pray, your bliss in our hearts, Lord, at the break of the day. Our dear Father, we, we want to thank you for this time that we've spent together now. We all leave, lead such busy lives and uh, it's so easy to, to be distracted by the things that are going on in our life. And we need to come together as a family and, and just spend some time focusing on you. Thank you that we've been able to do that this morning. Thank you for this family. Lord, you know the heart of everybody here. You, you know whether we are confident in life or whether we're cautious you know whether we are confident 
in our faith in you or whether we have doubts. You know whether uh, we are confident in your grace and in your forgiveness. And you know whether we sometimes doubt that and, and are troubled by, by our sins. Lord, help us to have confidence in you, in your forgiveness, in the fact that you want us to be your children. And Lord, we, we pray that as we leave here now that we will know, know, know your presence, know your love, and that we will have trust that whatever we go through this week, that you're there with us and you'll help us get through that. And help us to know, Lord, that we can have this confidence because of our Lord Jesus, who, who died for us and who you raised to life for the forgiveness of our sins. Help us to know your presence, Lord Jesus, and to know that you are walking beside us in everything that we do. Father, thank you for everything you do for us. And we offer you this prayer now in, in Jesus' name, in his strong and powerful name. Amen.